You're listening to Talking Taiwan with your host, Felicia Lin. May is Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, and my guest on this episode of Talking Taiwan, Peter Lin, is here to talk about the Asian American Pacific Islander, or AAPI Jazz Fest, which is coming up on May 20th in Newark, New Jersey. The AAPI Jazz Fest celebrates the diversity of the pan-Asian jazz community with a full day of performances and panels. Peter is founder of Yardbird Entertainment and producer of the AAPI Jazz Fest. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATOA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATOA was founded in 1988 and its mission is one, to evoke a sense of self-esteem and enhance women's dignity. Two, to oppose gender discrimination and promote gender equality. Three, to fully develop women's potential and encourage their participation in public affairs. Four, to contribute to the advancement of human rights and democratic development in Taiwan. Five, to reach out and work with women's organizations worldwide to promote peace for all. To learn more about NATWA, visit their website, www.natwa.com. Without further ado, here's our interview. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. Oh, it's good to be back, actually, Felicia. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. I know that you and the Lintet performed at the Metropolitan Museum of Art for Lunar New Year, right? That's like huge. I heard amazing things about it. I'm sorry that I couldn't make it. Um, how was that? It was a really great opportunity. Um, actually, we've been going out under the name of uh, API Jazz Collective. Okay. Um, and the Lintet is definitely still there. That's the essence of it. Um, but since then, we have uh, definitely expanded the the kind of things that we do um, and also the kind of branding that we put out there for ourselves. Uh, but essentially that performance was for their Lunar New Year celebration. They said that there was like 20,000 people that came in and out that day. Wow. I wasn't sure how they counted that, but yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing. It was packed. Let me tell yes. you, it was packed that day. So um, really great stuff. We performed three different sets, uh, all the diff- all the same music, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, but we had three different times that we were mm-hmm. performing throughout the day, mm-hmm. and they really took care, care of us. Uh, Metropolitan Museum, yeah, they really uh, put an emphasis on the music performances that happened there, so I uh, really appreciate them. Here's a clip from the AAPI Jazz Collective's performance at the Metropolitan Museum for the Lunar New Year. We're actually back there on May 17th for their oh, college night. Oh, good to know. Yeah, so they have a bunch of colleges coming through, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a night for them to explore the ex- exhibits. Um, so we're just performing uh, more more kind of like background music, but we're still essentially performing for them. 
It's really amazing. You're so industrious, Peter. I can't keep up with all the things that you're doing. And the reason why we're having this interview is because of the AAPI Jazz Fest, which is going to be coming up on May 20th. And you just started it last year, right? Can you talk about where that idea came from and how it got started? Yeah, definitely. The AAPI Jazz Festival um, started last year. Uh, it happened May 22nd, uh, previous year, in 2022. Um, the whole premise of how it started actually was a number of conversations between me and another Lynn, not related, um, Victor Lynn. Uh, and he's a fantastic uh, pianist himself and an educator over at Columbia University as well as uh, Calhoun School Music. Um, you know, and I actually met him via um, Michelle Quo uh, for oh. that. She was actually a guest at Tang one year. Right. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a very interesting uh, connection. And we actually just met up in the city one time. Um, that must be a number of years ago, me and Victor Lynn met up. And since then, we kept in touch. We played performances together. Um, I taught at his summer camp. Um, and we had all these opportunities to talk about, man, you know, we barely get to see um, other people that are like us when we're playing a lot of these gigs, um, especially within the jazz idiom. Uh, it's very difficult to definitely see, um, you know, others like us doing doing this for a, uh, a living, you know, as a career or even as something as an artistic output. So, you know, all those conversations about like, oh, we should do something. Uh, you know, uh, Victor Lin had started a panel discussion himself called the, I think it was just called the Asian American Jazz Panel. And he held it over at the Calhoun School. And so that was my first opportunity to express anything on like more of a stage kind of format, um, you know, regarding those topics and with an all Asian panel. So I think that was kind of a, you know, eye opening and kind of uh, something that I was looking to kind of recreate that feeling or to try to see if I can provide the opportunity for others so that they can feel the same way that I did, you know, when that happened, uh, which is basically feel validated, you know, feel like that your voice was being heard, feel like that the feelings that you had all these years is not, you're not alone in it. So that was uh, the premise of basically, I was like, well, I have a production company called Yarbrough Entertainment. We do mm -hmm. these kind of things already where we host mm -hmm. events and then we um, take care of the audio, video and live stream productions. Um, you know, we're used to, as artists to performing ourselves. We're used to booking artists because that's something that we also have uh, been doing for the past few years. So basically just combining a bunch of those skills, partnering with the Rutgers Institute of Jazz Studies, um, who I work very closely with, and putting it all together for the first time last year. One month preparation. This year oh, we have wow. two months. Oh, wow. You pulled it all together in a month? That's <laughs> in one incredible. Month. That was a lot of sleepless nights, I'll tell you. And yeah. a lot of stress, but totally oh worth goodness. it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're building a community. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that was just a month. I mean, wow. Okay, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, so. And I didn't want to let it go because uh, if I had not done it last year, you know, the timing of everything that was happening, especially mm -hmm. within the Asian American community, mm -hmm. was imperative yes. that we had something like that mm -hmm. um, as a way to get together. So, you know, for me, I was like, you know what, it's one month, but 
I, I just really wanted to make it happen. So that drive was like <laughs> insane oh, <laughs> during that one month. I had no idea sure. that was one month. Let's talk about when and where it's going to be held because I'm sure people that are listening or, and who are within driving distance or who are going to be in the area around that time might be interested in attending. Yeah, for sure. So um, it's being held actually on the Rutgers campus itself in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, it's very close to Newark Penn Station or Newark Broad Street Station. So if you're coming from New York City, it's not too much of a walk. Um, mm-hmm. And it's at a spot called Express Newark, which is actually inside the Hain and Co. building that's right off the main street. So it's a different location than last year. Um, if mm-hmm. people remember last year, it's basically held at 15 Washington Street. But this mm-hmm. year, it's being held at 54 Halsey Street. Uh, there's also an entrance on the Broad Street entrance. So there's going to be a lot more foot traffic. Uh, the key indicator of where you are um, or where it's going to be is going to be uh, basically where the Whole Foods is. <laughs> so okay. if people in New like especially people that are around there, uh, there's only one Whole Foods there. So mm-hmm. um, if that's a good you know, way to Google things. <laughs> right. That would be right. the way to do it. Right. Yeah. And um, can, um, do you want to talk a little bit more about what's the mission of the AAPI Jazz Fest? Yeah, definitely. Um, so the main core of AAPI Jazz Fest, we have a very fancy sounding uh, mission. Uh, essentially, it you know, it says something along the lines of uh, we're trying to celebrate the Pan-Asian uh, experience and artistry that happens within this music and as a way to elevate and to highlight um, those artists and that's essentially what we're doing um, but at the same time I do realize that as a Asian American myself um, oftentimes we only talk about very specific Asian countries when we say Asian American and a lot of times it ends up being East Asian and so right. um, the definition of basically where we're trying to head to and what we're trying to celebrate exactly, for me, it's always it's always moving along with every single year that we do it, like what happened and what was everyone's experience. Um, you know, for us, it's more like a way to bring a community together that doesn't necessarily have a singular identity, um, but it is something that we uh, develop together basically like we come to this AAPI Jazz Fest event and we have several uh, events throughout the year that we're trying to do as well and we're trying to cultivate uh, a community of learning a community of understanding um, that isn't just like okay we're Asian American Pacific Islander you know we're trying to understand what that means within the music context so um but besides that, you know, the, the essential core of what we're trying to do is definitely highlight the uh, diversity and the, um, you know, kind of artistry that exists within our community and to put that on a more main stage platform um, and to be able to not only perform, but for them to communicate to the audience what their experiences are like and how that relates to what they do on an everyday basis you know a lot of these are just working musicians they do gigs like many many times a year and so um what makes this one so different is the fact that they're able to right after they're done or while they're performing they're able to talk about their experiences in a space where it's going to be accepted and we're going to hear them 
And I'm also curious, like about the music selection. So, do you try to do a balance of maybe some adaptations of something from the, whatever the country of origin of some of the musicians and stuff like that, like arrangement? Yeah, definitely.、Um, yeah, for me, what happens is the artist selection that we have this year, especially,、um, is. They are all coming from different backgrounds, not only in terms of their own cultural identity, but also how they approach implementing their culture into their music. So、um, some are more direct, like if I'm from this country, I am taking a folk song from this country and I'm putting a jazz spin to it, right?、Um, but we also celebrate artists that are just. Trying to play the music the best way possible and are really excel、mm-hmm. at it, and for me that's equally as important. They're playing jazz standards, they're playing covers that sounds like jazz tunes, but it's still them. It's still、uh, a part of their cultural identity. So you know, in this particular this year,、uh, we're going to hear a wide variety of that. We're going to hear you know definitely some interpretations of their country origins music. Um, folk music and putting that into a jazz spin.、Um, we're going, but at the other end, we're going to hear some very traditional jazz.、Uh, we're going to hear some very straight-ahead stuff. Sometimes maybe some funky stuff.、Um, you know, it's definitely going to be a big variety. But that's exactly what we want to present:、um, the fact that it's not just a singular、uh, identity, and it's not just about okay, this is a clear one-to-one cultural. You know,、um, taking something from your culture and putting jazz to it.、Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of that, but it just won't be that. Can you talk about some of the stories that you heard? You mentioned that you went to was it a workshop or a panel that Victor was involved with, where a lot of Asian American musicians were talking about their experiences. Are there any particular stories or things that you heard that day that really stood out for you? Yeah, I think a lot of What stood out to me was the commonality of feeling like we never quite belonged in the spaces that we were trying to be a part of. That to me was like that's that was the singular thread、um, throughout everyone's stories. Like, no, no matter how good we got at our craft, or you know how much we were trying to, you know, fit in, basically,、um, it just never quite felt like. Okay, we were a hundred percent in it, or that we were a hundred percent accepted in、mm-hmm. in that space.、Um, mm-hmm. And you know, some it's not like that's necessarily a bad or good or bad thing. That's just the feeling that was common、uh, throughout、mm-hmm. our experiences.、Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of us that were on that particular panel、um, grew up in、um, neighborhoods, you know, that maybe the Asian population was very low. So, in order for us to feel like that we still kept our culture intact, a lot of us found that out later in life. Like we were trying to explore our own culture,、uh, maybe when we're more like an adult or we're more like、uh, a young adult. You know, personally speaking, I I didn't really explore、uh, my more Taiwanese side of the spectrum until I was in college, and that was you know trying to attend the Taiwanese American Next Generation, and.、Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was like just the fact that a lot of us were trying to deny our more Asian side as of something that was、um, instead of it thinking instead of thinking like the Asian side of what who we are、um, takes away from the music that we're trying to learn. It actually enhances 
the music and it trying to enhances our artistry um mm-hmm. you know i was trying to like learn how to think the other way <laughs> around mm-hmm. and um yeah i feel like that's the most important thing i took away right. from that and the people on the yeah. panel were from all different genres of music yeah yeah all different genres within the yeah. jazz idiom at least you know when we talk about jazz we're talking about like a hundred years of the music at this point 100 mm-hmm. years plus so mm-hmm. uh the genres that have branched out from it you know definitely um that day it was a mixture of like gypsy jazz with straight ahead you know some were more r&b and all different you know industries at the end of the day and now for a short break hello listeners i'm excited to share that we have a donor who has offered talking taiwan a matching donation of five thousand dollars that means when we raise $5,000, it will be automatically doubled to $10,000. So this is a time for you to make a contribution to Talking Taiwan and help us raise $10,000. You can make a contribution to Talking Taiwan on GoFundMe.com, Patreon.com forward slash Talking Taiwan, or PayPal and Zelle using our email address TalkingTaiwanPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're old school, just send us a check to our mailing address, which you'll find on our website at TalkingTaiwan.com forward slash support. All of our donors will get exclusive first listening access to my interviews with Kevin Lin, one of the co-founders of Twitch and current co-founder and CEO of MetaTheory. The Boba Guys, co-founders Andrew Chow and Bin Chen. Chin Chi Yang, a multidisciplinary artist who has been inducted into the New York Foundation for the Arts Hall of Fame. And Michelle Ho, an attorney, activist, and author of Reading with Patrick, which is a runner-up for the Dayton Literary Peace Prize and the Goddard Riverside Stefan Russo Book Prize for Social Justice. We'd like to thank our first donor of the year, the Greater New York Region Overseas Taiwanese Pen Club, and all of our supporters. Now, back to the episode. Can you tell me about the lineup of artists that are performing at the festival? For this year's API Jazz Fest, um, as I mentioned before, we have a really um, wide variety of artists, um, and again, from different cultural backgrounds. So I'll just start with our uh, headliner, uh, so Tukuya Kuroda. Uh, he's a fantastic trumpet player, actually from Japan, on the Blue Note label, but he lives here in Brooklyn. Um, and he is one of my favorite, kind of like very funky, very soulful like trumpet players that are out there right now uh, making music. And I feel like he was like a really excellent way to bring the energy that we needed for the festival. So he'll be kind of like, you know, quote unquote, closing out the night. He'll be kind of um, giving a really great show. So um, he's bringing in a quintet, and it's going to be excellent. Um, we have Jordan Van Hermert, uh, who's actually uh, teaches over at Michigan, um, you know, at the collegiate level. And mm-hmm. uh, he's a saxophonist that released an album last year called We Are Not a Virus, um, which oh, wow. was very, yeah, you know, we definitely needed him over here. Um, and we've been talking for a long <laughs> yes. time, actually, during the pandemic, uh, because we had a lot of uh, similar thoughts and we had mm-hmm. a lot of things to share with each other. So I'm really happy to be having him here this year. Um, and so uh, we also have Reza Basi. Um, he's actually a guitarist from Pakistan, 
but uh, mm-hmm. he actually specializes in like um, Indian classical music as well. Um, that's kind of his forte. Uh, but great guitar player, great uh, composer. Um, yeah, won many awards and grants and stuff like that. So he's bringing an excellent quartet himself. Um, just to breeze through the other ones, uh, Julius Tolentino and Chameleon Big Band. Um, that's basically a high school um, oh, led wonderful. by uh, Julius Tolentino, who is a Filipino American mm. uh, alto player, and um, he played with like a lot of the famous jazz musicians, including Louis Hayes. Um, but mm. he's an excellent educator himself. So most of that band is from Newark Academy, um, and they are basically. At Newark Academy in Livingston, New Jersey, it's mostly Asian population. <laughs> so it's going mm-hmm. to be a really cool um, mm. experience for the students. And they're playing at the beginning of the day on the main stage. So oh, it's going to be a really great, great. opportunity for them. Um, we have Friendship Trio, led by Jenny Shu, who's an um, excellent uh, pianist, actually from uh, Canada, but made her uh, career uh, over here in New York City. So um, she's bringing in a trio, and she's going to be playing uh, her compositions. Uh, Christine Correa, uh, she's an Indian-American um, vocalist herself, um, very much in the style of Abby Lincoln, uh, very cool. It's going to be a quintet. Uh, Tammy Hoon, a uh, Vietnamese-American uh, vocalist, and she's bringing in her sextet. It's going to be a combination of like some funky stuff with some straight ahead and a yeah, good mixture. Uh, Tim Lin, who's... Um, I hear going to be one of the guests as well, perhaps. Yes, we're trying to get him on the show. <laughs> He's okay, quite okay. busy. Yeah. <laughs> he is, he is. Um, but he just moved over from the West Coast um, to New York City, and he opened up shop, and he's he's got that Taiwanese entrepreneur spirit, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's Yes, he's great. and no relation to you or me. <laughs> and no relation. All these wins. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he came to a jam session uh, that, was, uh, that I run every Tuesday, mm-hmm. and the club owner thought that we were brothers for like the longest time <laughs> i was like you know we could in this case we could probably pass because you know yeah yeah look is similar but um i wish you know he'd be a cool brother uh but basically great saxophonist great sound uh, really doing good stuff so he's coming in with a quartet uh eri yamamoto um she's a jazz pianist herself um she has a really deep story about um, being an Asian woman in New York City, and mm. um, her albums actually uh, reflect that those experiences. So I saw one of her shows, and I definitely was like, "Oh, we we definitely need to have you here." Um, and you know, I think in terms of just what the audience is going to experience, they're going to be able to relate very heavily to what she's saying. So, um, and then of course my group, the API Jazz Collective, um, we're going to be performing uh, just a couple songs, but really. Uh, we also have a tap dancer that's actually Indian American. Oh herself. wow, how fun! <laughs> yeah, and uh, but basically uh, we're going to play a couple tunes, but then it's going to be a jam session at the end. So very similar oh. to what we did last year, uh, okay. because there's a lot of musicians who come to this thing, and they they are Asian American themselves. So we tried to include them um, as part of the festival, and that's a really fun way to close. Oh, it so out. people are invited to join in. Yeah, yeah. There's there's oh, people wow. there uh, free to. Yeah. Now we have a very short time period for the jam session. It's not like hours and hours, but oh, yeah, sure. uh, I try to I try to get everyone involved in some way or form. 
Um, and yeah, that's basically all the bands. Uh, we might add some very small things. Uh, we do have panel discussions that are also happening throughout the day oh. surrounding API topics. Um, okay. So some of them is like Asian American and African American intersectionality. Uh, that's going to be a really good one. And then there's one about uh, educators panel. Uh, we have a lot of people that teach and basically how do we you know teach API topics or issues. Um, inside a setting, especially within a music setting. Um, yeah, we have a lot of <laughs> interesting wow. topics this year. Are you going to be recording all this? Yes. So this yeah. is all being live streamed as well. So if you can't okay. make the date, you can always check out the live stream or you can also, um, you know, it'll stay up there. So once we live stream it, it just stays up on YouTube and Facebook. Incredible. So, um, it's mm -hmm. free for anyone to check out. It's free. Did I mention that? It's a free yes. mission. And what time does it start again? It starts at 12 p.m. So doors okay. open at around 11, 11.30. Um, but basically, it's 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. We have a performance mm. at the top of each hour. Oh, my goodness. That's full program. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, one artist per hour, basically, is what it comes down to, 12 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, and uh, the panel's discussions are going to be... It's going to alternate between two stages, so we have five okay. artists on one stage and five artists on the art other stage. Mm -hmm. So when you're done watching one artist, you can go check out the next artist. Mm -hmm. And it kind of encourages folks to walk in between. We're going to have some vendors. Um, we have some art vendors, organizations that want to be a part of it as well. Um, some local organize, you know, organizations uh, that are there to show what they do in the community. So um, it's a really good time. You know, we had a great time last year. Um, and we're hoping to definitely ramp it up as the years go on but it's pretty much here to stay <laughs> yeah how many yeah. people do you have right now in your organizing team and what do you need are you still looking for people to help you out yes if if you want to be a part of something like this um you know i i don't really consider it a, a very typical um you know non-profit you know volunteer thing uh this is definitely a combination of volunteer and our own crew members that are involved in what happens. So uh, we are still looking for volunteers. Uh, we do have a volunteer form that people can fill out and that'll help us, uh, you know, get in communication with you if you are interested. Um, and basically it's going to be a combination of things that we need help with. Uh, they're set up and break down some of the most important things. Um, and then we also have like, you know, someone to be at the front table to help check people in, um, you know, someone to help bring some water for the artists and stuff like that. So there's always something that I can find um, for anyone of any age. Uh, we've had like multi-generational um, wonderful uh, volunteers. And so like a lot of times if they're not as mobile, they're there at like handing out cards at a table or something, you know, mm -hmm. so people understand mm -hmm. what's going on that day. Yeah. So I've. It's a really beautiful thing, uh, multi-generational, multi-racial, um, you know, just everything. That's amazing. And then uh, we're also still accepting uh, donations as well. If you want to support in other ways, um, you can do that via our Eventbrite. We have an Eventbrite up where you can actually just donate directly there. Um, if you are making a larger donation, it actually, you can make it to the Rutgers Foundation. Um, and that information is also our, on our Eventbrite. And, that, and that's also tax deductible since it's going to a Rutgers uh, Foundation. Yeah. I see. 
Okay, great. Yeah. yeah, we'll make sure that we include all these things on the yeah, show notes for this particular episode on our website. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered? One thing I did want to mention since I am on Talking Taiwan podcast, uh, you know, in terms of just like the Taiwanese aspect of, you know, how this all kind of ties together. Um, you know, a lot of the brainchild of what's happened here are, is from uh, the Taiwanese community. And be, without the Taiwanese community support in what I had been doing in these past years um, with the Lintet and then like, you know, performing in Passport Taiwan and all those kind of different opportunities, I would have never thought that something like this would be possible or people would be interested in something like this. So um, definitely, you know, very proud to be uh, Taiwanese American myself, um, but not only that, you know, proud of the community that has been built here in the states all these years. You know, starting from our parents and, you know, basically, you know, um, in order to create spaces where you know young people like myself um, that do consider ourselves artists have a space to be able to um, perform and to. Uh, you know, create something like this and have uh, support coming from that end of the community. And I think that goes a long way in terms of now putting something together that's a little bit more like, all right, we're trying to get together with other Asian Americans and other uh, Asian American Pacific Islanders um, and trying to piece something together, but with the, a huge support from the Taiwanese community. I think that's a, that speaks a lot um, to... Uh, the mentality of what it's like to be here as a second generation like Taiwanese person and what we're aiming to do it's not just it's not just about like okay you know I'm Taiwanese and that's that it's like I'm Taiwanese but you're welcome to also learn like who I am and I'm I'm welcome to learn who you are you know I think that's like the most important thing and at least in my my mission in life <laughs> you know I, I want to bring that same love that I have for uh, Taiwan and the culture and make sure that also applies to uh, all the other cultures that I'm a part of and that we live with on a daily basis, especially here in the New York City area. Yeah. It's very diverse. <laughs> and what are your future plans or goals? Do you have like a big vision or future plans for the APA Jazz Festival? Something that you want to achieve or maybe even something you want to set for next year? Yeah. Um, one thing I want to do is see what the possibility is like to expand beyond um, the Newark area. Now, we do part, you know, API Jazz Fest is a partnership with Rutgers Institute of Jazz Studies. So without them, this this definitely would not be possible. Um, but maybe, you know, just discussing what it does look like if we were to put something on at Flushing Town Hall or we're trying to um, do something at Teco, right? Like just stuff like this is very interesting to me. Um, now, if I had more time and I wasn't also a full-time musician and business owner, <laughs> I probably would dedicate most of my time to bring this festival, not only to one day, but to many different events. Um, mm -hmm. That's something I, I would like to explore the idea of maybe go the nonprofit route just for API mm -hmm. Jazz Fest. Mm -hmm. But that's a discussion that, you know, I need to have with other folks besides myself. So yeah. um, before I make any hard decisions with my own company, Yarber Entertainment, mm -hmm. yes. um, we're trying to really focus on trying to expand our audio video live stream production um, you know, capabilities and trying mm -hmm. to see how we can expand that end of the business uh, because that does take up most of my um, week as of right now. It's, you know, it's like mm -hmm. half 
business owner and half musician, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty incredible. I, I'm not kidding what I'm saying. You're very industrious. You're an entrepreneur. How do you balance? You're a business owner and also a musician. Like, how do you balance those two things? I'm sure you have to balance between doing your business and then performing. Yeah. Um, especially now that we're on the other side of pandemic or what mm -hmm. it looks like to be the other side sure. of pandemic. Um, everything opening back up. It's definitely been a struggle to keep up with everything because pre-pandemic, I was just basically playing and teaching. That was most of my, mm -hmm. you know, bread and butter. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But since then, I've had to drop certain things and I just pick up other things uh, to make up for it. But basically, it's like, I don't really have a healthy balance. Oh, I'm probably no. I'm, I'm the I'm the worst person to ask, like because uh, the problem is that I am a super workaholic, and I think I've been realizing that more as the years go on, which mm. is good. Self realization is the first step. Yes, <laughs> you know. Um, so something I've been trying to do is I've been I'm very conscious as I get older about uh, how I spend my time, and not necessarily like in the long sense but in more of like a short sense like okay like an hour here an hour there like what can I get accomplished in this 30 minutes like mm -hmm. if I can bring my focus to that every single day basically um, I don't feel like that it's difficult right because now I can mm -hmm. break it down into smaller parts um, so I've been you know a lot of people also saying no has been very helpful <laughs> learning mm -hmm. how to say no to things yes. Um, yes I've been offered all these different jobs with like you know really good pay and stuff and they're like why, why are you saying no to this thing it's because I know I know myself at this point if I take on like more than two or three things in my life those it's going to be very hard to do to be very good at those three things you know or those four or five things it's better to just keep the two and just really be good at those <laughs> Um, you know, because there's opportunities for other folks to be able to, um, you know, mm -hmm. get the work and, and understand how to do it. But, you know, uh, the most important thing is definitely yourself and your well-being. So if you can take care of that, you can take care of anything yeah. else. So anyone listening, if you're interested, uh, you know, just go to our website, take a look at all the links and you'll see the link to the Eventbrite. Always nice talking to you, Peter. Yeah. And um, I will see you at the Jazz Fest and also at Passport to Taiwan. I've been speaking with Peter Lin about the AAPI Jazz Fest, which is coming up on May 20th in Newark, New Jersey. To learn more about the festival, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. This episode of Talking Taiwan has been sponsored by NATOA, the North America Taiwanese Women's Association. NATOA was founded in 1988. To learn more about NATOA, visit their website, www.natwa.com. Now it's time for you to show us some love. We just found out that you can rate us on Spotify. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Audible, leave us a review there. It helps others to discover Talking Taiwan. To learn more about any of the items mentioned in this episode, visit our website, TalkingTaiwan.com. There will list any related links. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Taiwan. I'm your host, Felicia Lin. Talking Taiwan is brought to you by Forumosa.com.